this is about, she said. I sometimes wish you weren't in my life. I thought about how it would be if I didn't have a sister like Polly, if teachers weren't always comparing us, if Bridie didn't use my sister as the constant, perfect exemplar of every single virtue. Neat Polly, clever Polly, athletic Polly, beautiful Polly. Do you really think you'd be happier without me, Sarah? She sounded almost sad for a second. Part of me wanted to tell her I didn't mean it, but the other part, the proud part, wanted to hurt her, show her she was nothing to me. Sometimes. I didn't tell her that I'd sometimes fantasized about how life would be when Polly went to university, and it was just Grandad, Bridie, and me living at Thames End House, how I would be freed from that constant feeling of being compared. I didn't say any of this, but she must have read it on my face. Okay, she sounded resigned. I was going to go away soon anyway. It's all planned. You mean university? I don't need a degree. What? University isn't for me. Of course it is. Polly was clever. She was supposed to be going to Bristol in September to read English if she got her grades, and of course, she would. If she did even better than expected, she might even change her plans and take a year out to apply to Cambridge. I don't need to be stuck in some library or lecture theatre. I read a lot anyway, she said. I'd seen her in her bedroom at night. A lot of the books she read were history volumes she'd borrowed from Grandad. I'd noticed that quite a few were books about Ireland. Michael's influence, I realised now. He'd never talked about politics to me. When we were together, we didn't seem to talk about much in particular. Just music we liked or films we'd seen. But perhaps with Polly, he preferred more serious conversation. Maybe conversation wasn't all they'd got up to. I pictured his hands on her body her hands on his. I don't fit in here like you do, she said suddenly. What the hell are you on about? You can be a bit dense, Sarah. I stared at her. Yeah, yeah, you don't know what I'm talking about. White patches appeared on her cheeks. I'd rarely seen my sister angry. I don't. She looked at me for five full seconds. Seriously? I shrugged. The white patches faded. The fury in her eyes turned to disbelief and then a kind of puzzled acceptance. Work it out for yourself, Sarah, and have a think about how it felt for me to find out. Find out what? You sound paranoid. She turned her attention to the table, fetching the dishcloth and wiping up more crumbs as carefully as Bridie herself would have done. You used to think that Bridie was harder on you than me, didn't you? Of course she was. I had simply never been like my sister. Things that Polly found easy eluded me. That I'd managed any kind of competence in life at all was down to Bridie. Chiding, scolding, not letting me get away with second best. Watching my diet with unblinking scrutiny when it had become clear that particular foods, bread particularly, made me ill. I needed her on my back, I told Polly.
Bridie had pushed me to study hard, to work on my daydreaming, my absent-mindedness, my physical weakness. Polly laughed at that. You really haven't a clue. Her voice trembled on the last word, which was enough to make me step towards her, to believe that I could still connect with her, as we had done as young girls, bring her back. I really thought, you must know. Know what? She shook her head, shaking out the dishcloth, and then looking at her watch. I can catch the 5.20pm. I wasn't planning to leave this soon, but Michael and I were due to go next week anyway. Michael and I? I closed my eyes, thinking back to the last time I'd seen Michael, a fortnight ago. We'd gone to the Phoenix Picture House in Oxford to see an old French film. He'd been quiet, I remembered. Hadn't wanted to buy anything to eat or drink, because he said he was saving his money.